Well, good morning, friends. I pray that you are well. Um, This is podcast number 267 for Monday, April 19th. You know that I am famous for passing on to you things that I get, books and articles and and messages, and because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. I don't need uh, for you to think that I'm wise and and uh, and and brilliant, and, and I just need you to know that that I constantly look and search and study and read for things that I believe will do us some good. And listening to Alistair Begg, one of my favorites on the radio, Truth For Life show, I recommend it. Uh, he mentioned a book called The Cross in Four Words. And uh, I want to do, uh, for the next uh, few days, uh, some messages from this book. And so I'm going to give credit up front to uh, this book, Kevin DeYoung, uh, Richard Koken, and I can't pronounce the last guy's name at all. I probably butchered all of those. Yannick Christos Wahab. Uh, but these three... Uh, put together this book. Again, it's on freedom, forgiveness, justice, and purpose, the cross in four words. And it's about what the cross, the central theme of all Christianity, has provided for us. And so um, I would recommend uh, you just go on Truth for Life and uh, you can make a donation of any size and uh, they will send you this book. I think they got it to me in a few days. So I would highly recommend that book. Um, But I want to just go through the book with you because I love, as I was reading last night late and uh, reading this morning, I've just decided that this book is is perfect with the series of which we're in um, because I felt like God, uh, again, has been laying the cross on my heart as something that I need to understand in an even greater way. So let's um, get right into it. Grab your Bibles, your notepads. And again, much of this will come from the book, The Cross and Forwards. Um, in the introduction, Richard Koken says this, The preaching and ministry of the early Christians were dominated by the theme, Christ crucified. But it was crazy to proclaim Christ crucified in the first century. Why? Because Christ means the anointed one. And crucified would be uh, nothing that the anointed one would have anything to do with. This was the cruel, unusual punishment for criminals. Crucifixion referred to this Roman punishment, this horrible torture. And the Jews were not looking for Christ, the anointed one, to die, but to come and set them free. Let's look at um, the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 through 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 22 through 24. In this uh, introduction, uh, the scriptures will all be in the NIV. It said, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Underline that. What was Paul's central message? We preach Christ crucified. And what is Christ crucified and the message? It's a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, underline this, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. A a crucifixion was, was the most powerless thing for the person being crucified. 
He was beaten. He was humiliated. He was hung between heaven and earth as if he was good, not good for earth and not good for heaven. But he says here, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, God doesn't do things the way you and I would expect him to do things. He does things with his wisdom, which is far above us. Remember, he says to the Jews, the Jews are looking for this powerful sign. They're looking for something that they can they can stake their hopes in. They were looking for a Messiah who was not a spiritual leader, but a political leader and a powerful man who would sit on the throne of David, who would free them from Roman uh, um oppression, who would set up the temple of God and again reinstate the justice of God. And for the Jews, that would mean through the law of God. Um, the background here would have been um, would have been power. The background would have been might. We today look for people of power as well. Look at all the TV shows that 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 promote people. They promote people who are uh, super gifted. They promote people who are uh, ahead of big companies. They promote people uh, who have, uh, through social media, who have the most uh, people on their site. Um, and then he says, uh, the Greeks are looking for uh, a wisdom. And don't we get caught up in this today? The multiple degrees by a person's name says that he or she uh, are super intelligent as somebody to be listened to. I used to joke, when I traveled, that if I went to uh, some place to speak, if I drove there, they would listen to me. But if they flew me there, I must be somebody of importance. And the reality is that anybody can get a ticket and sometimes they're pretty cheap. And sometimes it was cheaper to fly me someplace to speak than for me to drive myself. It meant nothing, but to the to the audience, it meant a, a great deal that Gary traveled a great distance. We flew him in here to speak, so we should listen to him. No, we should listen to people based on their relationship with Jesus Christ. And because the cross is the power of God and the wisdom of God, that must be the central theme of what we're looking for. We are in a society like, like, uh, like never before, I believe, where we tout the wisdom of man and the spiritual uh, uh, sounding words of men. There are books that are bestsellers that are spiritually sounding uh, uh, books with the wisdom of men. And we, we promote those over the works of the scripture. It's unfortunate and it's unfortunate. Back to the book says, Christ crucified will always be a stumbling block in foolishness to many. It will always be a stumbling block in foolishness to many. I've heard people say, oh, that bloody Christian religion, the cross. I see movies that, that symbolize uh, the cross and Jesus as almost being um, an unwilling victim. He was not an unwilling victim. He chose to give his life. Turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. And it says this, Jesus speaking says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We hear so much today about um, being served. We hear so much today about people and their the lifestyles of the rich and famous and their beautiful houses and their beautiful boats. And obviously there's nothing wrong with wealth as long as it is God-given wealth and as long as it is used 
in a way that doesn't promote the person or the individual. I love people who are generous with what God has given them, and they give to, to many. But that is not going to get anyone in to heaven. Jesus came, the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. When kids are asked in school, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't think anyone ever says, I want to be a servant. But let's go to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. The world honors wisdom. The world honors, honors power. But look what happens in heaven. And look what our, our um, focus should be. In Revelation chapter 5. In Revelation chapter 5 verses 6 through 12. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing, a lamb standing, underline that, as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Don't get freaked out by the by this imagery here. This is the lamb of God. This is Jesus Christ who was slain. And, and the seven spirits are, 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 are the wisdom of God and the spirit of God. Verse seven, and he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of whom he was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. And by your blood, your, you transformed the people of God from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, number myriads and myriads and thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice and look at this. This is what they're singing to the slain Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Jesus was viewed on that cross as a as a victim by many. He was viewed with derision and mocking. He was he was hung between heaven and earth. They spit on him. They beat him. They mocked him. And his disciples betrayed him. His disciples left him. He was all alone on the cross with him and his father. And even during that day, there was a period of darkness where where God turned his face away from his son because he couldn't look at the sin of his son. Why? Because on that cross, that cruel cross, the plan of God was perfectly presented to the world. And it was the central theme of all that was being taught. Let's go to Luke. Uh, actually, let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter uh, chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Why is the cross so incredibly important to you and to me, First Peter chapter two, verses twenty-one and twenty-two. First Peter chapter two, twenty-one and twenty-two. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in His steps. He committed no sin, neither was there deceit found in His mouth. Jesus set for us an example an example of a perfect sinless life willing to 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 be misunderstood and willing to sacrifice for you and I that we might have eternal life 
He didn't come riding into Jerusalem on a great white charger, a great white steed, and overthrow the Romans. And by the power of his scepter and the power of his throne, followed by myriads of angels, he didn't come in and take over the, the earth. No, he came and allowed himself to be crucified so that you and I might have life. That's the wisdom of God. It's completely different than the wisdom of men. Turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. On the road to Emmaus, Jesus has been crucified. The rumors of his resurrection have flowed. But here are two men on the road to Emmaus. If they believed the rumors of the resurrection would be true, they wouldn't have been on their road to Emmaus. They'd have been all over Jerusalem. But they'd heard the story and yet they still left because they did not believe. But Jesus reveals, uh, Jesus shows up. He doesn't reveal himself to them because they're not allowed to see him. Uh, Luke 24, how foolish you are and how, verse 24, Luke 24, verse 25, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. How slow are you to believe? Even the women came back from the tomb and said that the tomb is empty. Jesus is not here. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. He explained to them that the, that the Messiah must suffer. And where did he go? He went to the only source of scripture that was available. The New Testament wasn't written. He went to the Old Testament and he explained to them what must happen. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I need to land this thing today. Um, this series will obviously take us quite a while because I'm adding my thoughts as I, as I believe the Holy Spirit gives them to me uh, to share with you. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3, Paul says this. 1 Corinthians 15 3, and we'll wrap up here. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And what was first importance? What was the most important thing that Paul received and was turning around that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. We are in a society that is so into social justice. We are in a society that if you're if you're not involved in 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 picking someone up and picking someone out of out of their situation and helping them and and, and setting them on their feet, that we don't we we don't want anything else but that. But how can we do the most important thing for people? Should we be involved in helping people? Absolutely, on every level that we can. But what is first and foremost, Paul tells us here, we need to talk about Christ who died for our sins according to the scripture. We need to show that there is a God who is not mad at us, but madly in love with us. And how do we do that? We preach Christ. And we preach the cross, which is foolishness to those who are perishing. We need to grasp this message because what we know will be what we teach. Let me pray for us. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you till we talk again.